A reading from the 24th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, beginning with verse 44. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then He led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up His hands, He blessed them. While He was blessing them, He withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped Him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1 beginning with verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by His own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's a part of the rite of Holy Communion called the Great Thanksgiving. And in that, we give thanks to God for who God is and what God has done. And when we recite the Great Thanksgiving, we're giving God thanks for what God has done to rescue us from our sorry state. We claim the good news by declaring, You gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. I have no doubt that you recognize those words. We've said them at least 12 times a year for almost five years now together. In the words of the great thanksgiving, we recount what is often called salvation history. It's a retelling of God's work on our behalf to wrestle us out of the defeating grasp of death. To redeem us from slavery and to put an end to our hopelessness. Do you guys remember the Gensu knife commercials? Boy, didn't those things mess TV up? Now everything's sold on TV. I used to love how they get you ready for the good news of how sweet a deal you were getting, right? 
They pump you up about how sharp the knives were. They never get dull. They'll cut anything. You can cut open a can of tuna and then slice a tomato perfectly. And then once they had us on the edge of our seat, they would give us the greatest catchphrase in the history of salesmanship. Do you remember what it was? But wait! There's more. Made you want one, didn't it? I bought a set of Ginsu knives one time. At a fishing store. (laughs) And in similar fashion, once we're reminded of the new covenant made with us through the suffering, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, we hear the divine equivalent of, but wait, there's more. Because the story of God's mighty acts in Jesus Christ goes on in the creed and in our right. When we say, when the Lord Jesus ascended, He promised to be with us always in the power of Your Word and Holy Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended is remembered as an integral part of what God has done to restore all of creation. Christ suffered, Christ died, and Christ was raised from the dead. But wait, there's more! Christ is ascended. Ascended into heaven. The story of God's work to redeem fallen creation, including us, does not end with Jesus' suffering or His death on the cross. It does not end with the resurrection. The story of God's great love for us continues with the ascension of Jesus Christ into heaven. And it continues to this very moment. In this very beat of your heart. Because that same Christ sits at the right hand of the Father and prays for you. And that same Christ has sent His Spirit to gather you here today to hear the good news that He lives for you. He calls you today to be a part of God's ongoing story of love and grace. Christ has died. This is certainly true. He died for us. And for that, we give God thanks and praise. And Christ is risen. And that truth causes us to rejoice. Christ will come again. We thank God for that hope and join with Mother Church across the ages in saying, Come, Lord Jesus, come. But there's a blank. There's more. And coincidentally, there's a blank in your sermon title because your preacher is crafty. Wonder what word belongs there? It's a place for you to write it, to write ascension. For Christ died, Christ is raised, Christ is ascended, and Christ will come again. The same Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father and prays for you will come for you. The Lord Jesus will return for us from the position of glory and power given to him by the Father. For now He sits at the right hand of God over all things. He is Lord of lords, King of kings. And through the gift of the Holy Spirit, He keeps His promise to be with us always, even to this very beat of your heart. Right now. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, the only begotten Son of God, 
God the Son, the One who made Himself nothing, the One who humbled Himself and was found in our likeness, in human form, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, the One who was in the form of God and was found in human form, that One took also the form of a servant for our sakes was born in our likeness, humbled like us by becoming obedient to the point of death. He took on our witness and obedience, our weakness and obedience to God, even to the point of death on a cross. The most shameful invention of humanity He allowed Himself to suffer under for us. He tasted death for us. For us and for our salvation, Jesus came down from heaven was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, became truly human. For our sake, He was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. For all of this, dear ones, I believe that we are truly thankful. Am I right? But dear ones, aren't you glad that the ancient creeds, the teachings of our mother church don't stop there. Aren't you glad that mother church's teaching doesn't stop at the tomb? The story of salvation goes on. I am truly thankful for the next line in the creed, the third day He rose from the dead. That's a sign to us that God's love can never end. That God's love cannot be squashed. And whenever we are confronted by death in our life, by the death of relationships, the death of hope, whenever we are confronted by darkness, we can say to that darkness, but wait, there's more. And there is more. For the great creeds of our mother, the church, go on to teach us that Jesus ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. We rightly remember Christ's suffering. We rightly remember Christ's death. We rightly remember Christ's resurrection. And so we also rightly remember that Jesus is ascended to the place of power and glory as well. That God has made Him both Lord and Christ. Today we celebrate the ascension of our Lord. But why? The epistle to the Hebrews gives us an explanation. He recounts that sacrificial system that God gave to the Hebrew people in the first covenant. He says that every priest stood day after day. Do you hear that? Every single day they stood and presented to God the blood of sin offerings, animals killed to cover sin, and that those offerings could never completely take sin away. Once every year, the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies, the center place of the tabernacle of meeting, the tent of meeting, and the temple and later Hebrew life. Once a year, the high priest would enter that holy place bearing the blood of a heifer, bearing the sacrificed blood of another living creature to make atonement for God's people. Once a year that happened, and it was always a reminder to the people of their guilt and that it couldn't be taken away. And that this thing would have to be done again. The day of atonement, blood would be presented to cover the sins of all the people. Cover it, but not take it away. 
Every year, a constant reminder of the brutality and destruction we suffer under in sin. The writer of Hebrews tells us that Jesus' death was a perfect sacrifice that fulfilled that old covenant. That Jesus fulfilled that covenant with His own blood, with His own sacrifice. A sacrifice able to take away the sins of the world. In chapter 9, beginning with verse 11, he writes, But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect temple, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of His own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. And he goes on in verse 24, For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer Himself repeatedly, as a high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for everyone at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Christ our Lord ascended. And in chapter 10 he writes, We have been made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when Christ offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, He sat down at the right hand of God, waiting for that time until His enemies should be made a footstool for His feet. For by a single covenant, by a single offering, He has perfected for all time those who are being made holy. Christ ascended into heaven to present His sacrifice to God on our behalf. To take away our sin. Having finished that work, He sat down at the right hand of God. And there our prophet, our priest, and our king lives eternally to pray for us. He constantly appeals to the Father on your behalf. And that, dear ones, is why we celebrate the ascension. Because it reminds us that the story of God's love for us goes on forever. Amen.